Hello and welcome to Cottonmouth Manchester, the podcast brought to you by CityCo, the city centre management company for Manchester. So we're well into our series on life after COVID, or what we hope will be life after COVID, and to coincide with the next stage of reopening on May the 17th, we're talking to hotels. How has the business been for them over the past year? You'd be surprised to hear that actually most of the hotels have stayed open. What will they take going forward? And what are their hopes and fears for the next 12 months? It's one of the more optimistic podcasts we've done and reflects some of the confidence in the city. Joining me are Stuart Davis, the Group Operations Director of GG Hospitality, which is stock in the city centre and hotel football out in Trafford. Takis Meletsiotis, the GM at Native Manchester in Piccadilly, and Annie Brown, the regional MD of McDonald Hotels. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, and this will be going out, I'm hoping, on, on May the 17th, the grand reopening day. Uh, though some of you have been working all the way through with, with some of your establishments. Um, Stuart, what have the last 12 months been like for you at, at Stock and at Hotel Football? Um, it's been a bit strange. <laughs> it's obviously been uh, probably the most unique year for, for, for me personally, for, for the hotels, obviously, and, and for the wider industry. But it's um, we obviously, we, when we closed down in March um, of last year, um, we, we were relatively quick and it was it was Gary, obviously, Gary Neville, um, one of the shareholders and, and owners of both properties that kind of made quite a quick decision to get hold of the um, Manchester University NHS Foundation Trust. He, he had a good contact in there. Um, so actually, probably before we were officially told to lock down, we'd, we'd, we'd kind of made the decision that, you know, this was definitely coming and, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were we were doing what we could do. So he, he basically got on a phone call and within 24 hours, both hotels, they never actually, they never actually closed. Um, we, we just, we kept them open. Um, you know, obviously very, very different. And it, it, logistically, it was a little bit of a challenge to turn it around from being a hotel to, to looking after what we did up to about 170 um, NHS workers from them, those 11 um, hospitals within the trust. Um, yeah, about between about 100, 150, 170 at any one time um, from March until we only reopened again in September. So we took them all the way through until September. Um, and then it was kind of a little bit sporadic from September to, to December. Um, but I think when September came, the demand for the NHS, for the hotels probably wasn't as much anyway. Um, it was pretty It was pretty full on with them from March until probably end of July. Um, and then, then it's obviously their requirements kind of um, changed a little um the need got the need obviously got less but i mean that that in itself for the for the team you know it, it enabled us to keep people functioning to keep people's minds going um as i say it was it was very it was very very different operation we were very very fortunate to be supported by um a number of local businesses in manchester but also some some fairly big um, national retailers uh, morrisons uh, were the ones that really kind of stood up and supported Morrison's Piccadilly did a sterling job in providing stuff. Yeah, he, he was abs- he was absolutely tremendous to be honest. I mean that was that was six months of every single day, you know, of fresh bread, sandwiches, cakes, 
sausage rolls, salads, you, you name it. And, and he was absolutely fantastic um, with that. And actually to the point where we actually were receiving too much um, too much of that stuff. And what we ended up doing was every night, we would then take it over to um, some of the hospitals within the trust as well, just so the staff there um, could also have that as, as well. And um, yeah, I mean, we, we were, the support we had from local businesses and, and other businesses were, were absolutely, uh, it was absolutely mind blowing to be, to be quite honest. And, and, and did you manage to keep a pretty full staff throughout that as a result? Um, well, again, I mean, you probably remember the video that, that, that Gary did when we when he first went out on his social media about the NHS is that his actual, his first commitment was that we keep all the staff, um, certainly in that, in that short term, um, in, in employment and in, and in full pay. Um, and he actually made that commitment prior to furlough. So it was a, it was a pretty, uh, it was obviously a, a very, very generous thing to do. It, it definitely allayed a lot of fears um, within the team, you know, and we are, I, I sit here, you know, very grateful and very appreciative because I know it is, it's exceptionally unique um, for him to do that. So, you know, we are in a, all of us were in a very, very fortunate position, but, but what that did do was, is that, you know, all the staff were more than, more than willing to, to support, you know, with the NHS and, and do that. And, and we kind of did it on a, you know, very much on a volunteering rotor basis, you know, if people come and did what they wanted to do. And you had staff that actually wanted to be here every single day to support it because, you know, they felt passionately about it. And, you know, they would rather be here than than maybe at home in their own apartment because there wasn't really much to do. I mean, this wasn't a this wasn't a holiday for the teams. You know, this is anything but this this is a really, really testing time, um, you know, emotionally more so than anything um, on the workforce. So we felt it was good because it, it gave them, you know, it gave them something to do as well with the time it, if they wanted to do it. So. Cool. Annie, I guess at a hotel that's based on business conferences and travellers coming into the city for, for events as much as anything else, um, I guess it's been a pretty challenging 12 months. It certainly has been. And I think um, that when we could see all of this unfolding before our eyes in March, it was really hard to believe and almost how quickly everything sort of um, came to a standstill. Um, we were set for the best March ever. Um, the team had been working really hard um, for the 12 months prior to be building up what was going to be an amazing um, year. So it was heartbreaking, um, but obviously we were all in the same situation largely and the um, McDonald Manchester did close at that point fully um, until the beginning of July when the first lockdown reopened and then the hotel reopened at that point um, and it hasn't closed since. However, at that point, um, we did go through a full um, restructure and we made it in the region of 150 redundancies at that point by the end of August, beginning of September, um, the team was extremely streamlined um, and that's um, sort of where we've existed largely up until this point. There have been a, a couple of additions along the way. Um, what I would say is I think I echo what Stuart was saying in terms of the emotional resilience that people have needed to find, that from that reopening July, um, it, it has been a very different working environment than what it was previously. We've needed to have um, T 
team members that are multi-skilled across the business and really flexible to doing things that they've maybe never done before and uh, thinking in different ways, dealing with different situations. So it has been really testing um, and it has led to some people deciding that it's just not for them anymore, some of the ones that were retained through the restructure. And so that has then made way for new starts um, through the back end of last year. Um, I think that business has been surprisingly strong. Um, we've been quite fortunate, um, certainly through the end of last last year, last quarter, and into the start of this year, where we we did have quite significant business levels, which again put pressure and was challenging operating with um, closed F and B and having to do room service for sort of two hundred in the mornings was just testing everybody with the size of this hotel. So. The team have been through the mill and back and I think we'll come on to it soon, but it's it's certainly um, coming back a lot faster than I think any of us maybe expected. We're also, um, uh, you know, lost all of the conference business overnight. Um, and although over the last month we have seen that coming back quite strongly, even before reopen with key worker events. So um, I, I think... In a nutshell, we've we've learned a lot. We've made a lot of changes to structure, and uh, I think we're in a, a fairly strong position to come out the other side. But I think there's a few scars along the way. It's a lot of scars for everybody, I think, aren't there? Um, what, what were the type of travellers who were who were staying even during the, the lockdown period? Um, so we had a crew here that was um, still really operational. Um, we also secured a contract that was working um, with a um, Manchester-based company, which was inbound from the Middle East, and they were on a full board um, offer. So that was um, quite full on. And then we were working with some NHS doctors, which... We had quite a big contract in for that as well, um, more to the beginning of this year. So, um, yeah, it's, there's been quite a mix, but it's all been sort of group-led, directly linked to Manchester business, not really on the corporate transient side um, at all, to be up, you know, a bits and pieces, but it's been more sort of group-led business. Yeah, it's been interesting to see actually how much there has been going on in the city, which yeah. people aren't aware of. I mean, things like the Arena Inquiry, the number of journalists who are in the city almost all the time has been very surprising. To be honest, we also have been fortunate to do a, a lot of um, production. I think there's a lot of filming going on in Manchester and we already yeah. have quite strong links in that area. And I think that's proven um, quite successful for us in this period. I do have a vision without... You, you being able to have your your restaurant operating of having to quickly invest in an awful lot more trolleys, presumably, to get all the food going around. It's fun. It's, yeah. Um, Takis, I mean, you you arrived, what, half, halfway through lockdown, effectively, to take over your place? So, I mean, you sort of came in with the knowledge of of, of what was happening, I guess. So so how has, how has the last, last year been for you? Yeah, it's been good. Similar, I mean, well, but in terms of, Using the word good, I mean, um, it's been an experience in itself. Um, similar to Stuart, Native Manchester supported um, NHS workers, but also Greater Manchester Police during lockdown. Um, and then similar to other event cities, when the reopening happened in July, 4th of July, very memorable date. 
Um, there was an abundance of on the on the day for the day business for those Fridays and Saturdays as the leisure market returned. Um, then as the year went on, um, using the word that Stuart mentioned before, sporadic, you know, stop, start all the way through um, leading into the, the latest lockdown. And then I joined at the beginning of this year and it's been it's been quite positive, actually. Native Manchester coped quite well. Um, I believe this is on the back of Native being an apart hotel, um, self-contained kitchens in the apartments and, and very spacious apartments as well. So similar to Annie, uh, we've benefited from some uh, project or uh, production business um, in the first quarter, which has been really good. And the team have been kept busy here um, in the food and beverage side because we've been looking at building from scratch a brand new um, concept called Ducey Street Warehouse downstairs on the ground floor, um, which is a really exciting and, and social and inclusive space. Uh, so in line with um, opening outdoor hospitality, the team here have been working all hours to prepare a terrace, a huge terrace, self-facing terrace on, on, um, on the grounds. So it's been exciting, um, and it, hopefully this is now a sign of we're, we're, we're through the worst. We, we've got experience of what lockdown feels like, and, and we're ready to really kind of rock and roll and, and do what we're used to in hospitality, which is look after people. Yeah, it's interesting. I started by saying, you know, May 17th, the grand reopening, but all of you have actually been operating throughout. So it's not, it's not quite the same, but um, I guess what we are starting to see is, and, and Annie referenced it, the, the number of bookings increasing exponentially uh, and a lot of interest obviously in in you know we are hoping that the push for staycations is as much about cities over the summer and into the autumn as it is around around the countryside um so tack is what, what what are you doing you know to help deal with people's fears about coming back to hotels to serviced accommodation um what will, what will the package look like for your guests coming in so we're quite experienced in this field now collectively as, a, as an industry, I believe, you know, so all the usual distancing is in place. The team have been trained accordingly. Uh, so we are in a, a more confident position. The team are coming back from furlough and so on. Um, we are very hygiene conscious. So making sure that the cleaning measures and the procedures are in place using the chemicals and so on, which just gives the, the, um, the, the travellers, the leisure market, which is now coming back into the city, um, a lot more confidence. Um, also, technology has its place for sure. Um, so the use of, we're, we're developing our own app for Native Manchester now as we speak, um, but also the, the QR codes um, have been commonplace, not just for the appliance guides, you know, how to work the kitchen and the microwave and so on in the apartments, um, uh, but also uh, to, to book um, food to book lunch and dinner on, on the terrace which will stay in place as, as we go through this um, and yeah um, t- technology where we we are cashless and we're going to stay like that as well so you know uh, contactless from that perspective as well has worked for us and we're going to we're going to continue with that in mind as well as we plan to reopen for um 17th of may as well you were pretty heavy contactless before but it wasn't total was it you could you could have cash use cash before yeah, I think it was encouraged, wasn't it? At least in the in the coffee room and so on. Definitely, yeah. It was it was um, a bit of a it was a bit of a transition period, really, if I'm honest. But I think what COVID has done is has um, made people more willing to operate from a contact. Okay. And with the more dependence on technology, people people seem to be using their mobile devices more than ever before. So it's 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 um, it's an absolute no brainer. It's it's working well for us. As, as someone who's argued against moving cashless for about four years, I think I've recognised I've lost that one, at least for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, Annie, um, 
I mean, you've got spa as well. So um, that that's interesting because talking to hotels with spas and saying maybe that trade won't come back as quickly as as, as trade elsewhere. What what are you seeing? What what are you doing for uh, to to bring the punters in to make them feel secure? And also, what are you seeing in terms of business over the next couple of months in terms of bookings? So um, as a whole, uh, the team went through a retraining back last year when we opened. So we're refreshing that. We're ensuring that all of the um, practicalities are high in their mind, as Takas was saying, around the hygiene factor. But I think that's become the norm now, that we really, that is just the way we do business. So we've decided that um, the focus needs to sort of turn away from all the signage and barriers and almost guest prevention that we would have in place is what I was calling it, um, and and become more back to what we do as hospitable um, customer care um, and, and just looking after our guests. I think it's interesting you say that about spa. Even uh, last year we found it was hugely busy and we predicted based on what we saw last year that we would be back to normal operating by June for spa and that is certainly looking very likely that um, Although in Manchester, we took the decision not to open the spa um, at, until the 17th of May, although you could have it for treatments because um, it is largely residential that we have. The, the booking patterns um, are indicating that we will be back to pre-COVID levels for spa by June. Um, so that's really positive. I think people are looking for normality, for a bit of pampering. They've been stuck inside. and It fits with the queues outside the hairdressers and the beauty salons, doesn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, in terms of the business returning, it's um, returning far faster than what we expected it to do. And I think, I don't know about my colleagues here, but it's certainly caught us out slightly. Um, and we're looking at being full the first weekend we open fully. And uh, that's just um, really testing a very, very small team. So the recruitment at the moment um, over the next couple of weeks will probably be taking on, I would say, circa 40 people. So it's a huge recruitment. And if that then is mapped against a very small insular team, um, it's going to be really challenging to get their knowledge and expertise to the level needed. So no doubt there's going to be a few little hiccups along the way and we'll uh, certainly be doing our best to keep them all looked after and supported. And one of the other things that we're, um, we've, we're starting along with reopening is uh, we've participated in the Kickstart programme from the government and we've got six um, that have been granted um, specifically for Manchester as part of the funding. And we've got six that will start with us on the Kickstart program, which is a fantastic program to see the uh, youngsters, you know, really engaged. And um, it's been quite refreshing to see their passion for the industry. And so I think that's going to have a positive impact for the longer term. Yeah, it's been a really interesting one. It's come up in the restaurants and talking to bars. Obviously, as we talk, we're we're winding up for um, May the seventeenth, which for them is going to be huge. But there is starting to be quite a lot of fretting about: Are we going to have enough staff? And that's both on the security staff side, but also on the bar, bar side, uh, with absence of Europeans, particularly um, who are going to replace those people. And, uh, and I think one of the interesting challenges 
moving well are two interesting challenges one is um as we do see a, a fair level of retail redundancies but people trained in the service sector how easily it is for some of those to be moved across to hotels and to bars and restaurants um but also making sure that those training schemes and those apprenticeship schemes are, are really got the service industry front and center because you can't operate a, a tourist city as we are without the right staff can you that and that's going to be vital to us yeah. um Stuart you've got I guess two very different brands hotel football very, very reliant quite reliant on the, on actually having football crowds in and they're going to start coming back um what how's trade looking for you in the in the, across the two venues yeah, as you expect, across the two in the run-up to the 17th of May is is, is relatively good, actually. Um, again, I, I'm not saying that, I wouldn't say it caught us by surprise, but it's it, it's strong. I mean, it, it's, you know, please, pleasingly strong. Um, certainly gives us quite a lot of encouragement, I think, uh, between now and now and the rest of the year. In both properties, actually, to be honest, and, and you might think that obviously there's going to be maybe one, two game, one game um, here with here with fans in. At hotel football before between now and the end of the season, but actually dealing with quite a lot of training business. I think actually having being outside of the city centre where people don't have to get on public transport necessarily um, to get to to get to here um, actually works in our in our benefit. Um, you know the meeting rooms themselves are kind of set up for you know technology wise. Um, there's almost kind of like hybrid meetings, so you know you could have a northern region based here. Having a similar conference, obviously, with perhaps their counterpart counterparts in the in the south of the country. So, um, the training and the conference business is really good. What else is really really good? And this is across both hotels. Um, is that pretty much I would say ninety percent of all of the kind of event inquiries are social events. Um, so these are you know belated birthdays, weddings, you name it. I mean, there is we are inundated with, with, with those, um, you know, stock exchange. Quite exciting with stock exchange, really, because in actual fact, we've actually only traded that hotel for two and a half months um, in, in its entire life. So it, it's really exciting to see that. It's definitely going to reopen in a much stronger place than, than it did before. Um, you know, business there is is very very strong i mean it's small it's 40 bedrooms um you know tom's presence you know in there is is massively crucial the the restaurant bookings for may are big (laughs) and that's not just that's not just weekends um that is going to be a a pretty full-on restaurant operation thankfully um you know even from even from the 17th of may when you know some of the restrictions are, are still in place so we're really, really encouraged. Actually, I, I think it, I think it is going to be a very good next three to four months. It's looking positive, certainly from probably more so from hotel football because it deals with it more. But the corporate market for the last quarter is definitely starting to come through. I think that is what we what we thought. I think probably most people are looking towards 2022. We've certainly had a lot of conference and events move to 2022 and a lot of the, the kind of the overseas ones uh, for sure. Um, however, it's it, it, certainly there's enough there to give us quite a lot of encouragement actually. And, and I'm, 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 I remain very, very positive for both hotels between now and the end of the, now and the end of the season. It's looking likely that Manchester United are going to get in Champions League. In fact, I think, I think they're in, I think that's done. Um, that'll have a huge impact when that when that season starts. You know, fans are desperate to get back into stadiums to enjoy themselves. 
um, we probably will see. It will probably be the strongest first half of the football season that, that this hotel has seen, I imagine, um, if grounds are back at full capacity. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of what you you guys are saying is echoes what we're hearing in other sectors too. That the the strength of the I hate the phrase pent up demand, but the strength of that pent up demand demand is is probably bigger than anybody has been expecting. And you know, actually getting into well, certainly getting into the outside of areas of bars in the city centre during the two weeks of sunshine was was pretty difficult. Um, there were two or three hour queues in in some places. The, the retailers, some of them were doing their best ever figures in in that first couple of weeks as people came back, particularly if it was sort of children's clothes and children's shoes and that sort of thing. So we are seeing a huge amount of that. And, you know, bookings for some of the events, I know the arena, the the gigs in in the autumn, if they weren't already sold out because they'd been moved, they they sold out incredibly quickly. So um, it will be interesting to see how long it lasts and and we hope that it will last as as long as possible, but hope we don't get hit by the other way that there just isn't the capacity for people. Stuart, how, how do you see the sort of the lessons of the last year? Have you, do you see that some of that will carry forward? Are there changes that you've thought about revenue streams? Um, actually, how the offer might develop as a result of what you've seen over the last year? Um, no, I don't think so, and, I, and actually, I, I hope not either. I think that you know, look at something like hotel football. I mean, the match days alone. I mean, that is just reliant on volume of people being in this business, having a great time. Um, you know that that for me that can't change. That that's part and parcel of of the, of the match day experience as much as it is going to the stadium. Uh, and obviously, stock exchange wasn't it was never open long enough to, for me to say that, that you know that we need to we need to perhaps do things differently or things are going to be done differently. I, I don't. You know, I, I generally hope not. I mean, there are certain things, and the guys have already mentioned. You know, certainly in terms of things like sanitization and perhaps fogging. I mean, that that stuff that is prudent that it remains anyway. I mean, the hospitality industry, you know, has always been kind of at the forefront of that anyway. So that that stuff will will definitely stay. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, I actually thought, Annie hit the nail on the head there, is, is that, you know, we, we do need to go back to removing all these barriers that have been put up um, in, in certain industries. And we, we never, we didn't do, we didn't go down the screen route. We, we we obviously weren't open long enough, but you know those things can't exist in in hospitality. That that is a you know that that is just it makes hospitality not become what it is and what you know what we love and what the customer loves, etc. So um, there are definitely lessons to be learned. I think, I think you know going back to to your initial probably to the initial question, um, you know we have made changes in our business. We have made efficiencies in our business. We are definitely going to open up to much stronger businesses as as businesses um but it, it absolutely cannot um be at the impact of, of the customer i mean everything we've there is i would be absolutely devastated if anything that we've done in the past 12 months has a negative implication on on the customer it actually has to be the other way it actually has to be that anything that we've done in the past 12 months any lessons we've learned has to actually be at the at the benefit of the of, of the customer Exactly. So, so one for you. Do, you, do you see changes in the sector, changes in hotel provision, service accommodation provision as a result of lessons of the last year? Yeah, I do. I think the main points have been raised already, really. Um, 
the likes of con- more dependency on contactless technology is front and center of so many places. And, and you mentioned on a previous po- podcast as well, I think it was with the restaurant guys and um, that um, delivery apps, you know, uh, uh, so popular meal kits, those kind of things. I think they're definitely here to stay. Um, QR ordering, cleaning processes and so on. But the, the real interesting thing to observe will be how quickly the screens will be removed and, and um, at what points people, the, the consumer and also the, the, the businesses will be um, comfortable in doing that. Will it be on that kind of no restrictions ballpark June date um, or will it be a little bit further along? But yes, we, we're, we're keen to get back to doing what we do best. The, the screen on a reception desk is, is really restrictive. And it doesn't enable us and masks and so on. It doesn't enable us to look after our guests as as, um, as authentically as we want to. Um, so time will tell uh, how that how that pans out. Um, I do think there will be a place for face masks in the future in in um, in a much lower amount. I think you know when people have a virus or have a cold or something like that, they'll be conscious of not wanting to spread it. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that. In, in congested areas like in, in London's Tube or on the Metro here in Manchester and so on, buses, et cetera. Um, so that will be that'll be interesting to see as things pan out. Um, but we're just keen to get going. Um, and, and as an industry, we just want to get back to normal as quickly as possible. We're really lucky because Manchester is, is the place to be at the moment. And there's so much in the pipeline. We're seeing um, Pride Bank Holiday Weekend. We're seeing Park Life Week, week uh, Weekend just, you know, um, tilt the needle um, in terms of business levels and, and average rates and so on. Um, and there's even the start of, of movement from, like Stuart mentioned, corporate business at the back end of this year, starting the, the local kind of corporates moving a little bit, a bit, bit more confidence there. Um, addition, additional to that as well, you know, the return of the Christmas markets, the football attended by fans, which is what we're about here in the city and just, you know, in the city in general. Um, so we're, we're yearning for that return and the other although the short and medium term seem to be after themselves like with the staycations and, and those bits that i mentioned the key event dates uh, so many of them uh, eyes will soon be on the return of international business so you know the big conferences the, the conventions coming back into the city center and so on that's what i'm keen to see um when we'll start seeing that confidence back from people international travelers okay whether it's a transient guest coming for tourism reasons leisure groups and so on or whether it's those conventions coming back to the city that's what i'm now looking for have you noticed um any sort of nervousness i mean looking at the other side have you noticed any nervousness from your your staff thinking about that actual influx of of people coming in not at all no um i think because they're used to the provisions that we have in at the, at the moment, but also now they've they've got their confidence back because we've had a good first quarter of the year. Um, they now know what the, the measures are. They We now know collectively more about the virus. We're now given confidence about the rollout of the vaccination and that seems to be on track and so on. So we have a lot of reasons to be hopeful and optimistic. And I guess um, the consensus is that we feel like we're at the back end of this now. There's a lot of um, optimism, a lot of consumer confidence, vacations, bookings are being made and so on. So it's just a matter of time before we get back to normality. Annie, if we're looking sort of 12 months, 24 months ahead, um, what are your sort of hopes and fears? What, what, I mean, apart from obviously a resurgence of the virus, um, what's going to hold hold you back as a sector? Uh, but what's also going to give you a boost? What, what are the things that you need to be continue to be successful after those first few months of, of pent up demand? Well, I, I think um, Stuart was talking about football before, and 
I've never been a football person. I've always been a rugby person, given where I grew up. But um, I've never followed Manchester United so closely before. <laughs> and um, I think that absolutely is exciting for the city of what it will bring. And I think that um, certainly what the projections we're seeing for 2022 um, and expected to go into 23, despite the new bed stock coming into the city over the last 12 months and projected into the next 12, we expect it to be really strong. We're seeing evidence of that in the M&E side of um, the market um, already. Indicators are very strong. And whilst um, I think we've got to be careful as an industry that we haven't decided to change too much and sort of sit back in the past because there's absolute evidence that customers and whether that be for business um, travel or whether it be for leisure, want it to return to what it was. And we have to be ready to be able to deliver against those metrics. But it's very encouraging, even to the sort of 22, 23, where we can see, and certainly the social market that Stuart's mentioned, we've seen that more so than ever before. Um, we've never really been a social destination for big events. And um, so that that is something that we've seen. Um, there's, there is pent-up demand that is coming into the city as well for, for those events, which is great to see. And I think that we need to um, maybe be thinking more how we can change and adapt to react to that quick enough and to be smart enough with how we deliver it. So um, that's probably something that we're struggling with a little bit is to um, have the right marketing out there quick enough and be ahead of those trends and ahead of the curve. Um, yeah, but not exciting not thinking about locking down ever again. So hopefully hopefully we can keep focused on that. And I think it's just about building um, the team. We're seeing some of those same issues arise very quickly. Um, again, that we had um, in the, you know, specific areas around chefing and spa therapists, they're coming back with a vengeance. And no doubt um, there'll be other areas now with the European impact um, into some of the more back-of-house areas um, that we'll be challenged with as we grow. Yeah, it's noticeable that the, the plans for new hotels to open don't seem to have stalled at all. There don't seem to be any emergency changes of planning permissions into Resi or anything else. So there's a lot of confidence out there. I mean, actually, Annie, as, as you are a, a regional manager, regional director as well, how, what are you seeing in, in your other venues? Is, does that compare to what you're seeing in Manchester? It's actually been... Um, well, we were expecting that the city properties would come back slightly slower, which is what we'd sort of seen previously, which is why sort of maybe we've been caught a little short this time with how quickly the, the resort properties, I look after all of the golf resorts in the UK and they're just, um, they'll have a year this year, although last year was a great year for golf. Um, when it reopened, the resorts are going to have the best year they've probably ever had this year. And my concern for 2022 for them is probably on the opposite, is how the hell are we going to better it? So um, it's, it is, it's very exciting um, what's happening this year in the resorts. And um, I think city centres are now showing that, that they too can deliver. Yeah, it's that balance, I guess, of though we've got no international tourists because people can't actually leave the country, there's, there is a balance at the moment. It's when that starts to un unwind a little bit that, that mm -hmm. we may have a problem. 
Um, Stuart, finally, on, on to you. What, what are your sort of hopes and fears for the next 12, 24 months? Uh, what do you need for, for your businesses, aside from football, I guess, but um, to, to make them work? I, look, I, I think the hope is, is that the, tr- the trends that we're all seeing now continue. You, you know, I think that, you know, business remains strong. Um, that obviously, <laughs> you never say never, but, you know, this doesn't, there is no repeat, basically. Of, of, of 2020 um, you know and, and that's that's really what the only thing we, we can hope for is, is that the recovery is is quick uh, we're smart with it as businesses you know I think again lots of businesses not just not just hotels um, or hospitality will have will have definitely learned lessons and then it's kind of you know it's it's now I guess managing the growth and the business comes in probably a bit more carefully than, than we did we did before um, you know, at the end of the day, we all have to we all have to give back to our shareholders that have propped up the businesses for for the for the past twelve months and you know into their own pockets to make sure people have stayed in jobs, etc. Um, and the biggest fear is, if I'm really honest, is is in is in labour. You know, I mean, actually, at the moment, um, we probably are feeling the pinch, but it genuinely hasn't even started yet. I, I think that you know, once furlough comes to it to an end it will come it will come crashing i mean there is going to be a, there is definitely going to be a problem um with with getting good labor workforce into into our businesses and and we are we are feeling it a little bit across the two although although also on the slight flip side of that actually the the, the people that we are seeming to get into the business are actually of a really good level as well. But, you know, we're, we're kind of sat here thinking, you know, when fellow comes back, everyone's going to gonna come back and it's going to be great. And they, they won't. I mean, they simply won't. I mean, there'll be people that have, you know, have already decided they're not coming back and they're not going to tell us until furlough ends. And it's, it's, it's an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate consequence, I guess, of, 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 of what's what's happened but this is really only the only the start of it and as business we hope gets stronger between now and the end of the year it's 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 going to be very very tough very tough um for me i think thank you all very much that broadly optimistic and probably more optimistic than you thought you would be in terms of bookings at least for the next six months um thank you all for joining us maybe we'll, we'll do it again in six months and see how it how it's gone Thank <laughs> you.